Hey guys, this is Person About Town, and today we're driving around with Dan Volger. We're driving around. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and what's it called, Person About Town? Yeah. Oh man, I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> so Dan, tell us, tell us where we are. Uh, we are on Broadway and Southie. Uh, we are going to a place called Rondo's. Uh, I've never been there, but I've been wanting to go. Gitler and Raphael and I have been talking about it for about three years now. You've been talking about this place for three years, but you still haven't been? Yeah, well, he and I don't have a ton to talk about. Ah. So we usually talk about this <laughs> or, uh, or, you know, future Celtic draft picks. So we thought we'd go to this. I thought, I thought like, Ed, we'd go to a place I'd never been to before. That makes sense. It was hopeful that my favorite <laughs> place would be somewhere I've never been. Do you not have a favorite place that you have been to? I suppose my favorite place is Zuma's in Faneuil Hall, mm -hmm. but that's more back from the drinking days. Like, I've gone in and just had tacos there, and it's not nearly as fun <laughs> as it was. They have a very good house margarita there. It's $3.50. What? It's still $3.50? Yeah, yeah. And it, oh, yeah, no, no, inflation hasn't set in. <laughs> is this a spot? Okay. I so. I thought we were going to have to. I've done, like, I think on this ride already, like, two or three three-point turns on the busiest street in South Boston, which the local folk don't enjoy. First ever parallel park on a podcast. <laughs> wow, they're pretty fucking good, too. Yeah, you did. That was one time. Yeah, nothing like a good coffee before a chicken parms up. <laughs> is this place open? It might not be open. <laughs> and if it's not open, what's the plan? I think the plan is Mulls. Okay. Mulls is spelled strangely, or at least strangely to me. M-U-L-S. So you mentioned that you had drinking Ooh, days. Stiff win. <laughs> what were the drinking days and why did they stop? I'm trying to think. I started, I didn't really drink when I was a kid, so I never really learned how. <laughs> Wait, when you say when you were a kid, like how old did you know people started drinking? Uh, you know, 15, 16, whatever. Uh, so I didn't really partake. And then I could never get in the bars when I was like 20. <laughs> Cause I had like a fake ID. I remember one time my brother gave me his fake ID in Miami. I tried to get into a place and they asked me what year I was born and I told him 1967. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even remotely close to how old you could be. No, 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 no. And I, you know, I even look young for my age. So, they, you know, they got, they got, they got a little perturbed. But then, uh, yeah, so I won the festival 06. So yeah, 07 I started drinking and moved right to New York. So it was really just like a perfect storm of just throwing up for five years. <laughs> um, wonder what that old lady thinks. She probably thinks I'm real important. Everyone does. Like, Who's this guy being interviewed? Who's this man being interviewed? Um, yeah, so that lasted for a good number of years. And then I... Uh, and I got an uh, autoimmune disease of <laughs> type 1 diabetes and uh, really just kind of stopped right away. So I, it, was, it was kind of a weird thing because it's not like I was an alcoholic. Like I was just being an asshole. It was very easy to stop. Because you had to? No, I don't even think I had to. I just think I just decided to stop and it was relatively easy. I don't know what this whole AA thing's about. Yeah, Rondo's is closed. <laughs> Is it closed for good or just, oh, it's not open on Sundays at all? Well, that's a shitty business model. <laughs> Even barbershops figured out to be closed on Mondays. 
So how would you say, like, your experience of comedy has changed since you stopped drinking? I remember if I say something funny. <laughs> I find it a lot easier to write in that regard. Uh, it's a little less, I don't want to say it's less social, but there were times where I would just go to a show to drink. And uh, I think Dustin, Tom Dustin, uh, the mayor of Boston Comedy, had the line once that uh, comedy gets in the way of my drinking. But yeah, no, you're, you're, there, you're there to do the thing you're there to do more so. Let the bus pass. Huh? I was going to let the bus pass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Street noise. Yeah. I mean, I want some of it, but not all of it. And I don't want it to, like, go over what you're saying. Well, if malls isn't open, the rest of it will be done on a bus. <laughs> we'll just get on a bus to somewhere. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be an interesting bus experience. Bus to somewhere. I wonder where else I like in Boston. Charlie's Kitchen? You ever been to Charlie's Kitchen? I have. The South End? Oh, no. Then I haven't. I'm thinking of the one in Harvard. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they have ever... Uh, well, they're far enough away, I guess, that there's not too big of a gripe over it. So wait, how long and have you been doing Andrea comedy? Andrea Hogan from the studio gave me a pot brownie. How was that? Uh, I saw you that night. Well, yeah, I opened for Louis C.K. Uh-huh. She gave me a pot brownie. I ate it at 1 in the morning. <laughs> and then at 5 in the morning, I went into that gas station. <laughs> just to buy a bunch of food and stuff. I was flying. I don't know if you ever had a gas station attendant ask you if you're okay. Mm, yes, I have. You have? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that thing, says something about... One thing we have in common. Yeah. Ooh, Looks like there's a little weight. Sunday breakfast, popular thing? Is this going to be a lot of background noise? This will be fine. Okay, Because cool. I'll, I'll just put the microphone closer to your face. All right, all right. Everybody's going to think I'm so important. This is great. Aren't you? <laughs> Two, yeah. Okay, thanks. So, how long have you been doing comedy? Um, ten years and a couple months. Yeah. What made you get started so young? I feel old. Like, uh, people that are even people that are older than me, I feel older than them. What made me start doing it? Um, Mitch Hedberg. I was really into Mitch Hedberg in high school, Stephen Wright, all the all the Comedy Central presents we all watched. That was like our SNL, and then uh, we'd all come in, and I started writing jokes senior year of high school, and uh, first year, first week of college, I think I did a set, and then have been out five nights a week for ten years since. Wow. Yeah, yeah. College was a real waste of money. <laughs> so do you just do comedy then? Yes. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I probably shouldn't just do comedy, but um, I don't know if I, uh, Mike Whitman talks about it all the time where it's like, even if he wanted to get a job at this point, he'd have to explain to people what he's been doing for the last 10 years, and they'd be like, no, there's some 22-year-old kid that's going to get this box-cutting job. That's the job you think you get, box-cutting? I don't know if I can fold a box. I've, I don't know. Have you ever tried to fold? You ever buy like just a plain thing of boxes? I can never figure it out. These prices are really good. Yes. They do a thing here. If you come at like 5 in the morning, it's like practically free. Yeah, the working man's something.
don't know why the working man showing up at five in the morning. Gotta go to his construction jobs at seven thirty. You can't you can't throw a nail down until seven thirty. Yep, it's a rule. Loosely enforced, I believe. What are you thinking? What's your breakfast go to? I'm not gonna read it. I'm probably gonna get the number one. You gotta say eggs and bacon and they'll bring me stuff. <laughs> yeah. Pile of both. Nice. Sorry, it's a 60 minutes interview. I just, I just cured a bunch of shit. Huh? Ingrown toenails, problem of the past. Um, oh, you don't drink coffee? Uh, no. No, no. Yeah, water. No. We're having a droughtage. Droughtage? Is that a leaking drought? <laughs> Very leaky <laughs> drought. Um, can I do a cup of coffee? Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Oh wow! Are you gonna order lunch at the breakfast place? Or are you gonna order eggs and coke? I think. I think that's how meth is made. So I actually know next to nothing about you. So all these questions are gonna be very genuine. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so like, where are you from? What's your story? I am from Norwood, Massachusetts. Uh, it's about 20 minutes south of Boston. I'm from an Irish Catholic family. I'm the youngest in my family by decade and change. Fifth Wait, how many siblings do you have? Two brothers, one sister. Mm. I think I'm younger than her by 15 or 16 years or something like that. Were you unexpected? It was either unexpected or just poor planning. Okay. I, cho I tend to choose poor planning, right. but... Yeah, the, the, the story is is that another similar situation happened across the street, like another family had it. Then my dad got all jealous and was like, I'm going to make a baby. You'll fucking see. So I'm more of a spite bird. Yeah, so then I, uh, I kicked around. I played some Little League baseball. Pitched in the town championship game. Lost. Lost the town championship game. Not over it. Went to Did someone like screw you over to make it something? There was a bad error made in right field by a. Uh, well, it was actually. I don't know how familiar you are with the intricacies of Little League Baseball, but they have two things they have a majors and a minors okay. where the good kids play. So one year I got to play in the good kid league, but they figured out around that time that I'm dyslexic. So I was killing it in baseball. I couldn't read. So they're like, we'll I'll have to get you a tutor. We practiced too much, so I got to go back to play against the minor league kids to make time for the tutor. So I was fucking ripping it. I was sent down from a higher league to show everybody what's what. And then there were a few errors made in the championship game. I don't like to throw my teammates under the bus. But... Do you still know any of those guys? I think he's a doctor now. I don't know what the hell he's doing. But yeah, so then I went to high school. And I got into comedy, and now I'm, uh, now I'm sitting here. Wait, how old are you? I'm 29. Just turned 29. Well, thank you. I heard something about your birthday. Tom Crowley does a joke about your birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did a little, uh, I did a little drinking cheat day on my birthday. I've probably drank three or four times in the last two years, so I have no resistance, none of it. And it's just whatever it was this night. I was just like, I'm just going for it. Like I just know, just basically trying to black out, and I did. <laughs> so. I come to, I don't remember like hardly anything. 
and I just remember like vaguely like at the end of the night was me and Tom Crowley so I just text him the next day like one in the afternoon when I wake up like thanks for hanging man no one else was hanging how do I get home and like I send out the text and exactly one second later I just hear I'm on your couch you fucking idiot so good time uh yeah fantastic time that was Azuma's margarita and uh what are other some other places I like in Boston Beantown Pub you ever been to Beantown Pub is that on like right near Park Street that's right by, uh, is that Park Street? I always confuse Park and Arlington and all those. It's one of those ones. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's right by Suffolk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good little bar. We went to there. They have pool, right? Yeah, a lot of pool. Okay. Do you play pool at all? I don't. I just noticed it. I always thought like a Boston comedy pool or dart league would be a, would be a good thing. Because we got the softball in the summer. But there's no, you know, there's no intramurals in the winter. Is that a thing outside of your idea? Is there like an intramural In the world? In Boston? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are bored out of their minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think pool leagues and dart leagues are a big thing. I've never actually been present to one, but I hear, uh, I hear tale of them. Yeah, yeah. My buddy's, uh, my cousin's best friend won a, I think he won like a trip to Vegas or something. For playing darts. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But then he did, I think, all the cocaine in the world and he died in Vegas. <laughs> he died in Vegas? He died in Vegas, yeah. Did, did he have a family? I don't think he had a family. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure he had like, maybe his like cousin was upset or something. But I don't know. I don't ask that much about the man. Okay. I got a cousin that's a, a great, great like, very quiet guy. But then when you talk to him, he's like just a gambling addict, <laughs> like just a lunatic. He won thirty thousand dollars on the World Series. He, he explained that he he bet that one team would make the World Series, and then as soon as his team made it, he bet on the other team, and then they won. So he made more. So there's no loyalty, no anything, and just rolling in cash. I'm terrified of gambling because I uh, I have no money. So the idea of losing money bothers me. You'll make money. <laughs> you ever think about that? I've been to the casino once, and after losing $10, I was like, I'm just going to go to the Yeah, yeah. Well, the appeal of, uh, like, table betting doesn't appeal to me at all yeah 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 because the chips don't represent money after a while even like poker I get bored I think if I gambled on sports I'd like it too much one time I tried to run across a casino to bet like my entire check on uh on the Celtics but they gave it to me and I knew the show was going to be awful so I'm like at least if I make twice as much money so I sprint across the casino throw all my money down they're like we don't do sports here they don't do sports in Connecticut so I just, they would just do horses. Did you, did you bet on horses? No, I don't know about horses. So I went back and did the show, ate it, and uh, drove home sad. <laughs> so how is your view of, com- this is like a big question, how has your view of comedy changed since you started 10 years ago? Like, whether that be, like, comedy as a whole has changed, or you yourself stylistically have changed? Why well, myself? Wow, that's like super existential. Is that right? Is that existential? Cool. On the whole, comedy I don't think has changed at all. At all, really. Okay. It's just some of the name, like the people that were respected. Like it's cool to see like Bill Burr is huge now. Yeah. Like it's cool to see P- 
people that were here are now there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was going to happen, though. Yeah. So that's the same. Uh, myself, I, uh, I started off with a really bad Mitch Hedberg impression. Okay. And uh, now I'm doing something between Norm MacDonald and Todd Barry. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was because I, I, I had a really bad set at a thing called APCA, which is, I don't know if you know what NACA is. Yeah, the college thing. It was in Pennsylvania. The drive out to Pennsylvania had to pay like 800 bucks. And uh, you go up in front of a crowd of kids or whatever. It was like a water park or something during the day. Horrible gig. So, you, you know, you pay 800 bucks, and the idea is if you even get one college, you make your money back, and then everything after there is gravy. Right. I got... The guy that went before me was not a comedian. It was like a game show. They were advertising like a game show. So then they brought me up. They didn't even say I was a comedian. The first five minutes, like, I got no laughs to the point where I'm, like, pretty sure people didn't know I was a comedian. <laughs> they were still unaware even Yeah, like, they are like, this poet fucking sucks. Oh, sure, sure. We're just talking about retroviruses. Um, I haven't looked at the menu, but you have bacon and eggs? I do have bacon and eggs. Bacon. Take a few minutes, look at it. No, no, that's... I've never read a breakfast menu in my life. Not only did they have what I wanted, it was the number one. That's what I do when I go to McDonald's, too. I say, I want two all-beef patties, special pickles. Like, do you have that? Yeah. Like, that's the number one. Uh, you know the numbers of McDonald's? Well, number one's the Big Mac. Oh, I forgot. And then I feel like number ten is the McNugget, the ten-piece McNugget. Uh -huh. Three is a quarter pounder. Don't know the rest. Oh, okay. How often do you go to McDonald's? Not in years. Okay, but you still... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. I remember that. And then it's like weird memories from my childhood. I remember the my town, the number for my town pizza place. Okay. 781-769-9989. Is that still the number? Abendanza's Pizza. Well, in a bit of small town gossip, my mother, who's like a church lady, uh -huh. he tells me like, you know the guy that owns Abendanza? He lost his business. He got addicted to cocaine and he lost his business. And I'm like, he's in rehab. So I'm like, oh, that's horrible. It's, you know, like childhood memories, you know? So then like six months go by and I'm like, hey, did that guy ever get out of rehab? She went, I forgot to tell you, he's dead. He got, he got, I thought he was, it turned out he had cancer. <laughs> so I'm like, what a horrible rumor to start about a guy. He died of cancer. Yeah, yeah, he'd abandoned his family. He had... Why do people just drop dead in all of your stories? Well, I mean, it's a notable story. Okay. <laughs> you tend to remember stories of death. Okay. And the other one's my cousin's story. So wait, you lived in New York. You lived in Boston and then New York and then Boston. So what drove you to come back to Boston? A series of reasons. Okay. Uh, one, I was just going nuts. Like just, I, it's like I said before, like you just moved there. I had like a bunch of, I was working more then than I was now. I was doing a Comedy Central tour with uh, Greg Giraldo. Uh, so I was making like a decent amount of money as a comic. I was 21 in New York and just spending it all on booze. Okay. So I'm like, all right, I could use a little break from this. I go back to Boston. Didn't really help. There was that. I was only really like three or four years into comedy, so I really wasn't 
that good at it. Uh-huh. And there were awesome people around. Uh, so it was that. And, like, Shane Moss, Mike Kaplan had all kind of moved. So there was a bit of a, like, a void. So, like, I was able to get up at the studio at all these places yeah. super easy. Like, because, you know, just uh, talent like, hadn't been replenished, I feel like. Right. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a more of a sneaky move on my part. <laughs> okay. People have no idea what a furnace of ambition I am. <laughs> so, wait, what do you want to do? Speaking of ambition, like, what do you want to do now, comedically, or what in I'd life? Like to do? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to go back to New York and, uh, and tell some jokes. Okay. Any day now. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've never really thought, like, outside of stand-up. Everybody always tells me I could write for a TV show. But uh, part of me always felt like if I was going to write for a TV show, I might as well be in a bank or something. Why? Huh? like, work in a bank? Well, you still got to go to an office and, like, do shit, so I might as well. I don't see how that's different than, like, depositing someone's check. And if you show up at a comedy show, like, with a suit, you don't have to tell people where you're coming from. You think people who work in writers' rooms wear suits? How do you imagine Two Broke Girls is written? By a bunch of dudes in jeans and hoodies. Oh, really? Yeah. What's, which is, wait, are you wearing jeans? No, these are sweatpants. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you throw on jeans, then you'd be in the uniform. Uh, I'm not selling out. <laughs> All right. I bet Family Guy's written in sweatpants. I can see that. It's got a lazy feel to it. <laughs> I feel like Seth MacFarlane probably, yeah, he just does whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. Well, once it's animated too. I mean, you don't hold your you don't hold your pants to a higher standard than your cartoon. I got nothing on that. I don't know. <laughs> so, what was that question again? Which one was the biggest? Oh, what do I want to do? Oh yeah, what do you want to do? I would like to be a stand-up comedian in New York City. All right. Like uh, one of the guys that's like, uh, what's the most sets you've ever done in a night? Three. Three. Okay. I think I've done five. Where? Was that in New York? No, it was in Boston, actually. What did I do? I did... Maybe it was just four. I did the Comedy Den, Studio, IB, Donahue Show. Where's Donahue? Where's Ryan Donahue's show? Strange Behavior? Strange Behavior. Zuzu's. Zuzu's. Oh, so it was just four. I feel like there was a fifth in there somewhere. Thank you. You're welcome. Number one. All right, guys, enjoy it. Do you want to tell you anything for your hot sauce? This is so much food. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, it's like a buck. I think it's a cash place. If you can work on the lowdown with it. Save a little money. The government doesn't know about these eggs. Tell us a little bit about where we are and what you like about it. All right, we're at Mull's Diner. Uh, we're here because it is open. Uh, we were going to try to go to Rondo's Sandwich Shop, but it is closed on a Sunday. It is one of the three big Southie diners. Uh, the others are the L Street Diner and uh, AK's, I think it's called. I forget. One time I ran into Chris Tab there. It was very pleasant. Yeah, so it's one of the three. This is the cheapest of the three, and I think the best. It's cheap because it's cash only. Why would you say it's the best? It's the most consistent. L Street, the L Street Diner is at its peak the best, but it also makes like pizzas and shit. So you got to be aware of the place that makes everything. You know what I mean? Like these people make eggs, and then they go back to bed, and they get up to make more eggs. 
Yeah, I haven't been here in some time. Ryan da Ryan Darmody would threaten to come here with me a lot back when he lived in Southie. Why would he threaten to come? Maybe I just took it as a threat. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <coughs> sorry, I'm dying. Uh, if he does die, we're hoping it doesn't happen, but... What if I died from the point my favorite place killed me? I think this podcast would get great reviews. Uh, you'd go out... Are you going to get these coughs on the podcast? No yeah. editing. Yeah, I'm trying to think of my favorite places in Southie. So wait, you, so you live in Southie? Yes, not from here, but I've lived here for three years or something like that. Why did you do Southie over the other parts of the city? I didn't really think about it. No. <laughs> The, uh, uh, my favorite place I've lived in Boston is Central Square. It was awesome. I lived right near the Rick Jenkins. The Rick Jenkins. Oh, yeah, the Rick Jenkins. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. It was a Trader Joe's right across the street from me. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Every day I'd get a two-buck truck and a, uh, an albacore tuna steak, and I'd do some grilling. Every day? Pretty much every day. For, or I only lived there for a summer, so I got really into tuna steaks. <laughs> I'd just drink wine, and I'd grill in a yard that didn't get any sunlight, so I'd just be drinking wine and grilling in a grassless yard. <laughs> and then, then I'd just go to the studio like with a bottle of wine in me and just be a terror. It was such a great time. Wait, if you eat that much tuna, did you ever get, like, mercury poisoning or anything? Like, how... Well, tuna do yet? Tuna will do that to you? Yeah, it sucks up all the smaller things on the food chain, so the concentration of mercury is higher in, like, Nerd. the bigger... No, I don't think I got, although I didn't see a doctor for like six or seven years, so I might have been like on mercury code orange or something like that. So wait, when you did decide to see a doctor, was it when you found out that you had diabetes? No, I saw a guy that told me I was too healthy and not to come back for a while. And then like a week later, I dropped like 20 pounds in a week. And I just, I attributed it to like, oh, it's the summer, I'm out walking more. Just walk, well, I guess you just pee it out of you. <laughs> okay. And then uh, they were some hardy peas. <laughs> <laughs> Describe exactly what you mean by a hardy pea. Is this like a lot or? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to chime in? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the illusion that this might be an important interview is long since past. It would be super long and like foamy. Because it's just all sugar, you know? This is all I gotta pour in like a two liter of Diet Pepsi into a, into a toilet. And I'd just be like, ah, I look great. Yeah, yeah, I look clean. What was the initial question that brought us to that? Why do you live in Southie? Or like, oh. places you've lived in Boston? Where else have I lived in Boston? Where else have I lived in Boston? That's it, I think. How you guys doing? I'll go. Um, yeah, I'm great, thanks. Yeah, those are the only two places I've lived in Boston. So at some point you're going to move to New York. What are some of the things you're going to miss about the city of Boston? Softball. We play at a good softball league. Uh -huh. uh, I'll miss the comedy studio. Then I can get up. You can get up what I, the best thing about Boston comedy is, is if you've you probably seen it, if you put a good year in, it kind of can end up being everywhere. Yeah. You know, where in New York, I think it takes like two or three years. Yeah. yeah. And also, I raid my mother's refrigerator every week. You go home and you take... I just take a bunch of shit. And that's going to be not quite as cost-effective when I live 250 miles away. What are some of the things you won't miss about Boston? 
comedy-wise, there's nothing to do on, like, Tuesday. There's so little to do during the week. Like, Wednesday night's a pretty good night. Thursday night, I always thought it's been a little disappointing. Like, there's shows, but there's not, like, a show, like a slammed, guaranteed, sold-out show yeah. on, like, Thursdays. I like the Celtics a lot, Boston Celtics. I'll miss them. Although they're having a bit of a tough year. Yeah, I think we've traded all the good guys away. Oh, okay. And then we got in exchange for, like, we're like, hey, we'll give you our best guy. And then they'll be like, how about we'll give you our worst guy. And we we keep taking the deal. So would you say you follow sports regularly? Only basketball, I'd say. And then uh, through osmosis, I think I learn about football. Okay. Is that what osmosis is? Sure. I'm happy photos. Just a passive acceptance of... Photosynthesis. (laughs) Or inertia. Or some other sixth grade term. Evolution. Yeah. As a person who lives in Boston and doesn't follow sports, sometimes when people, like, you say that, like, we traded all the good people, and I was like, I don't even know. But do you, so you don't, just through living in Boston, people aren't just, like, telling you things you don't want to hear all the time? I hang out with dorky people. Okay. That makes sense. And, and you're a transplant, too, so a lot of the people you know might be transplants yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, because there's a lot of people I know that just by accident know... About that kind yeah. of shit, you know. So, I'm, I'm learning less about it as I get older. Like I'm, I'm actively trying to like, like I, I tried to quit fantasy football because I realized like I know more about like other football teams than I do about like Africa. <laughs> like the entire continent. I bet I can name as many backup running backs as African countries. <laughs> Hold on, that's not true because I took a course on Africa. It's probably a tie. Okay. I was like, I can name some countries in Africa, mm-hmm. and I, can, I don't even know what that position is, so I don't think I'd be able to. What's your favorite country in Africa? Uh, Egypt, historically. Yep. Oh, historically? Or Morocco, because it just looks cool. It does look cool. Mine's a Central African Republic. Why? It's just such a bad name for a country. <laughs> just because it's like... Yeah, yeah. It's like when you see, like, a bad band name. Yeah. You're like, you're not going to be a band for very long. Like, Central African Republic, not planning to be a country for too long. Like, I, I feel like Nigeria is going to be there in 20 yeah. years. That's a good name. That's like U2. One syllable. Yeah, South Africa's there for a while. Yeah. They have some ups and downs, though. But I just feel like, I almost feel like, too, if you're a, if you're a border to, like, the ocean, yeah. then, like, your just stability goes up immediately. Just because for the sake of, like, holding maps. Oh, yeah. And, like, put, where are you going to put the pin on the map? you got to put it at the bottom, otherwise it's going to be all, all wobbly. I'm all of this, <laughs> What other cities could you see yourself in? Austin, Texas is awesome. Seattle I liked. Portland I liked. Uh, I went to Dublin over the summer. Dublin is really cool. What were you in Dublin for? I was, uh, I told you my dad I was spreading his ashes out. When did your dad die? That's how you can tell a country's really good, like a city's really good, because I wasn't there for fun, Yeah. and I still had a pretty good time. That's, yeah. So wait, when did your dad die, and? Uh, last September? Oh. August? August, I'm sorry. Yeah, so August, beginning of August, we went over there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's from like a little, he's from like the sticks of Ireland. 
So we went, but we hung out in Dublin for a day. Yeah. But for the most part, we were just out hanging out with. It was like he's from like a place where like people have horses, but like it's because they need the horses. To get around. To get around or to farm. I think they do like a lot of pony shows over there, and you'd figure like everybody must be rich, but it's like no, these are the winner. The winning pony still gets eaten. Nah, that's made up. But <laughs> we're eating the grand prize. <laughs> Best meat. Um, did you get to do any comedy while you were over there? I did not. I showed up at a show in Dublin, and I asked if I could get on. They looked at me like I had nine heads, or whatever. Felt like a real jerk. Uh, but then uh, I watched an improv show over there. It was really cool. They have a good scene. Like, comedy over there is a huge... Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Although, it's hard to say, like, Rick Jenkins the other night was, like, there were people from Australia there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Australia? They got a great comedy scene in Australia. I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking continent. <laughs> like, it's a they huge... Have have yeah, they have people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have stories. <laughs> like, any, any English-speaking place is going to have... But no, the best comedy club I've been to is in London. Comedy store? I don't think it's associated with the L.A. store, but it's cool the way they do it over there. They don't have, like, they have a host that does a lot of time, and then you do sets. There's no waitress, and they just do intermissions between all the acts, which doesn't sound like it would work, but it was pretty cool. What brought, did you go to London specifically for comedy? Yeah, I did a TV show uh, called The World Stands Up in 2007? Yeah. I had no business being there. I was like three years into comedy and like, I think like Geraldo was on, they had like real heavy hitters. Jimmy Pardo was on my week. So it was like guys that have been doing it for 20 years and I remember Jimmy Pardo when he met me, he's like, what are we, got a fucking third grader on this? I'm out leave. So yeah, I felt a little out of place and it was like, you had to do 20 minutes or whatever and I didn't have 20 minutes. So I was like, everybody else was trying to figure out like what to say and I was like, writing. <laughs> trying to figure out how to do it. Uh, but it was a cool experience. I just, uh, I've never seen the set. I refuse to see it. Do you do that with your other sets? Do you like not watch your stuff or do you normally like review? I hate watching. I hate watching. Why? I don't like my, uh, I don't like my stage press <laughs> very much. Good thing that you control, you don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. Why? I feel like I should be doing more. Like flailing? Flailing, like I, I see comedians like move on stage and they'll be like moving around and I'm like, I don't do that, I don't move. But then I'm like, but then when I see comedians move, I'm like they don't have to move, they just do because it's like what you would do if you were a person is you'd move around. You don't think you come off as a person? No, <laughs> it's very, I, I think I come off as a person, but I, I, I come off as like very, uh, doesn't seem like I'm caring very much when I'm on stage. And I do. I do care. <laughs> I want it to go well. <laughs> but I just don't know how to move. How? I took an improv class thinking it would make me move more. How, how was that? It was really fun. And then I didn't get to finish it because I had to travel and do oh. shows and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think that would be a nice thing for me to learn how to do is, you know, look like I'm having a good time. So in addition to moving... What other things do you want to incorporate into your stand-up? Like, I know you've been doing it for 10 years, but are there, like, things you want to talk about that you haven't talked about yet? Or, like, I guess styles that you want to kind of experiment with? Um, 
I really like when I, if I'm doing like a longer set, if I go on stage in the first, there have been times where like the first five, six minutes just aren't jokes. Yeah. Like I'm just fucking around. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that feels hacky, but I just, I never, I think it's like more you're in the moment. Yeah. I, I, maybe instead of moving, I'll just try to be in the moment more. Okay. Do you think, someone recently told me that a ton of people I know now in comedy will quit if I continue doing this for like five years, ten years, whatever. Do you think you're going to do this until you die? Yeah. Uh, on some level, I'll always do stand-up. Like, it's just fun. Like, it, for me, at the very least, like, it's, a, it's better than bowling. <laughs> Is that the other option? Well, it's like, uh, I, I feel like for some comics anyway, it's like, the, the, the word tourist is thrown around like oh that guy only shows up like once a week and he does his, you know he goes to his open mic and he just whatever I'm like that guy's not a comic like, no he's a comic he's just not it's his it's more of a hobbyist at the very least I'd always be a hobbyist because it's uh, it's just funner it's more creative and stuff it's, it's a funner hang I mean I pretty much I've only met like four comedians I haven't liked in ten years that's a pretty good ratio I mean, I haven't really put an effort in towards... I mean, I bet I could build up my hatreds <laughs> over the years. Mm-hmm. Even as I think about that statement, it's probably more like 15. <laughs> but that's still good. Yeah. That's like 1.15 people per year that I fucking hate. <laughs> We're not just talking dislike, but you're like, get this person away from Like, if they show up, I'll leave. Wow. Yeah. All right. But that's still pretty good. Yeah. Nixon hated shitloads of people. Wait, who? Richard Nixon. Oh, yeah. And he was only in office for like five years. You got a better record than Nixon. He had more stress than me. A little. A little more stress. So wait, what are some of the other things like hobbies that you'd want to take up um, or that you do now? Because like I know you through comedy, but I assume that you do other things. What are some of those other things? I play a little golf here and there. Yeah, yeah. There was a golf course in my town when you were a kid. Like everybody thinks golf's like an expensive sport. Yeah. When you were a kid, it was $100 for like a whole summer to play golf. So like a bunch of us from town just learned how to play golf when we were like 12. Mm-hmm. And I don't really play as much anymore, but I think there'll be a time where I do that more. Okay. I like, I like watching hoop. <laughs> you love watching what? Hoop. Basketball. Basketball, okay. I think I'd like to be like a season ticket holder to some kind of, some kind of sport. Mm-hmm basketball or baseball although I don't like baseball but I have a profound respect for landscaping alright it's like a nice thing to go to it's a nice day thing yeah I couldn't imagine watching baseball without alcohol no it's awful yeah Not, I haven't actually tried it <laughs> I've made no effort towards it <laughs> I was like, I've been to a Sox game and like after 30 minutes I was like I'm gonna get a beer yeah, yeah 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 I went to a game once it was rain delayed and I always thought it was a rule that you couldn't buy beer after the seventh inning or something like that but it's actually a time it's like 10 50 oh. at night so the game started at like 10 past 10 oh. or something like that so it's just a bunch of wet sober angry people <laughs> i think they were really bad that year so they just didn't postpone the game that's always the move is do it later yeah i'd like yeah owning or owning red sox season tickets would be a cool thing it's always the thing you can get rid of if you don't want to go Pot brownies are good if you can't drink at it. Pot brownies can backfire on you. I haven't fully thought about it. What's the time that pot brownies have completely backfired on? Well, I, I took one recently. At like, uh, it's always when you take it like too late at night. Yeah. 
you take it at like midnight and then it's like five in the morning and you're out of your tit. <laughs> Uh, out of your tit? That might be a Boston thing. Okay. Or maybe I just made it up. I feel like I've heard. Okay. You can hear like Scotty Long. I got your tit. I can imagine him saying that. Just, just throw that voice in on anything. I do a lot of Scotty Lombardos. I do Tom Dustin. My favorite thing Tom Dustin ever did was he was. We were at a wedding. We were all trashed at like four in the morning or something like that. We were swimming in the hotel pool outside. And Tom's standing like on the outside of the shallow end. It's like, Tom, you going to come in, man? He's like, yeah, in one second. Watch this dive. It's like, it's the shallow end. It's like, I know, I invented it. Here comes the paralyzer. <laughs> <laughs> he dives in the pool. We're all afraid. And he comes out like 10 seconds later. Like, ow! <laughs> like, I've never heard like pain in an accent. Like, ow! I had a good Mayron. I've never met Mayron. You've never met Mayron? Okay, I'll do the impression. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the impression, but I'm trying to think of people come back, but come off bad of the story. Okay. <laughs> All right, so any final thoughts? Things that people would want to know about you that they don't know yet? Intellectually curious? Huh? There you go. So, how would you say that that expresses itself? Sure. I don't know how that would express itself. Okay. Big documentary watcher. What are some of the documentaries you've seen recently? I've watched Ken Burns' The Civil War probably 12 times. Why? Um, it's just a good, it's a good background, like, rhythm mm-hmm. show. It's almost like a, like a Pulp Fiction type movie. Like, you just put it on and it's yeah. in the background. But because of that, I've watched it, like, so many times, but I still know very little. Really? Yeah, because I just don't pick it up. It's just all, it's all like uh, violin music and it's all violin music and soft voices. Do you like, wait, you're in, you, are you in school now? Yeah, yeah, I'm finishing up UMass. I'm on a 14-year program. Oh, okay. What, what are you studying? History. Really? You were a history major, right? I was. Uh, what was it, what kind of history again? I heard European. Oh, European history. Yeah. Well, I majored in a professor. Like, there was a professor that I really, really liked, and oh, so yeah. I just took all of her classes. So I was just a general history major, but like... Most, the vast majority of my classes being European history. You're more of a stalker than anything. Uh, no, she just always gave me A's, and she yep. was really, really nice to me, and we'd like sit I, down and just talk about history after I that. only learned, like, I went back to school later mm-hmm. in life, and I really feel like, one, if, like, elementary and high school was done at night, and if, that's a big thing for me, like, at night, not morning, like, I don't learn anything in the yeah. morning. But also, like, I didn't realize until I was an adult, like, if you just do, if you just read the thing they tell you to read, it's very easy. Like, I always viewed teachers as, like, an enemy growing up. Like, this son of a bitch is trying to hold me back from my dreams by giving me all these hard tests. But if you just, like, listen to them and read the thing, it's remarkably easy. What are some of the classes you're taking now? Oh, what did I just take? Some, I took that Africa one. She gave us a test about, a. Uh, she gave us a test about, a map, like, a map quiz at the end of the term. She's like, it's nothing. And she gave it to us like nobody knew anything. It was no. funny. <laughs> UMass Boston's a very funny school. The, uh, I had to do a presentation on, uh, it was like an African cuisine class. So everybody was doing, like, these reports. And, like, you had to do a presentation. So I'm like, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll whip up a little salsa for everyone. Yeah. So I make salsa. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was real. It's not positive reviews on it. Uh, you know, the, I had to describe the spice. You know the spice cumin? Yeah. 
C-U-M-I-N. I called it Cummin. And how did the class go? Um, it was a lot of laughter. And then uh, I actually, it was a pretty good set. Like, I ended up, like, doing a lot of crowd work and type For of shit. Class yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I forget what else. I swore at one point. I think I said, like, an ass load of, it was like an ass load of mangoes or something. <laughs> I didn't prepare. I, I treated, like, a presentation like you would treat like a set like I just wrote like one word for yeah. everything and I'm like yeah, I'll just start talking yeah. and it came through it went well? yeah because I was the only one that wasn't like petrified to talk really yeah 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 why do I feel like you're afraid of I was never afraid of speaking in public mm. it's a good asset but then like it didn't ha- for anything other than comedy it's that didn't really help me enough. all right we've been recording for 54 minutes oh shit yeah all right anything else you want to say that's all Say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.